Welcome to Rap In Order, the interrogation of a hip-hop album, where we take some of the culture's most beloved hip-hop albums, put them on the stand, see if they stood the test of time. Now let's see who we got on the stand today. Welcome to another episode of Rap In Order. I'm First Class Reg. Altorian B. Today, we're going to go over, uh, this artist seems to be having a tough time right now in headlines as far as coming out with something that can follow this piece of work, right? I think um, when he dropped in 2019, it was a big time. It was a big moment for him. It was off of a really big single. Um, he had a few really big singles, and he had some big names on this album. You know, Todd Dolla Sign, A Boogie, Gunna, Dirk, Meek, Mustard. Like, it was all lined up to be what it was, and it delivered. But ever since then, I think he's kind of been trying to find his way. Um, and I'm talking about Roddy Rich. Uh, with Please Excuse Me for Being Antisocial with Big Debut that released in 2019. Um... Compton MC, still very, very young and can find his way. He has that time. Mm -hmm. um, and I think he's not being allowed that grace right now. What do you think about this album before we get to that? Um, I think that this album is amazing. So you got to remember the lead up to this project. Um, he had the Feed the Street series, mm -hmm. right? Um, he was very associated with Nipsey Hussle, somebody mm -hmm. that I really fuck with. So like, you know... Um, him coming out, like, I, I like, knew about him on the way, and then, like, he was on Rats in the Middle. So I was just like, all right, I'm going to check it out. And he had, like, a couple songs that, like, came out that was doing well, and then the box came out. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, holy shit. Like, he's from the West Coast, but he kind of has, like, a melodic feel to him. And I thought that that was kind of cool because it was kind of like a hybrid of, like, West Coast and, like, that Southern Atlanta trap kind of thing. Yeah, and it was and it was kind of dope because like he was kind of the first of his kind from the West Coast to kind of bring trap mm -hmm. to the West Coast. So like I thought that was really um, brilliant, like what he did. So if we're just talking about like this album, like he, you know, this album made him like a superstar. This album made him like one of the biggest, you know, artists that that was out. And it just sucks that his follow up project kind of didn't live up to the expectations. Yeah, mind you. Uh, remember, I feel like we've been shouting her out a lot lately. But Ravy B shot his album cover for that. Album. Yeah, for his uh, for his second album, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think what could have gone wrong with the second album was that he was trying to he was trying to find a single that was gonna be as big as the box was, yeah. and he and he probably couldn't because the box was like that was like a. That was an anomaly. Yeah, that shit was crazy. Like, everything lined up so well for him um, with that. And then, like you said, with the Nipsey look, um, I that's how I came to discover him because of Rax in the Middle, the, the the Nipsey single. I always thought the chorus was so infectious and so dope. And then, like, everything just lined up for him so perfect. Um, and he delivered with this album. I think with the second album, you know, it kind of proved that the sophomore jinx thing is still a thing. Um because I think after a while, a lot of people were just like, nah, you know, you just got to deliver good music, blah, blah, blah. But what people fail to realize is that what you do on your first album really can lead into how 
your second album is handled too. So, but Very true. yeah, but uh, this one kicks off with like a pretty strong intro, and I was listening to it again recently, and I was like, yo, like, funny because we had a we had a whole conversation about intros, and I thought about this because I thought about Meek. It made me think about Meek's intro because this mm. one kind of has like a slow build. Not to say it's in comparison. But that has a slow build like Meek's intro. And then um and it made me think about how Meek kinda changed how intros are made. Um for the intro I was just like, alright, like I I guess you're right, like it kinda like made it more theatric. Mm-hmm. And I think that I don't think that um Alright, so you're right, I agree. Meek pretty much kind of like changed how like kind of like changed the influence but i think that meek just took that from like dmx okay. and it just like he like reintroduced he repackaged it mm-hmm. where it was more theatric in like the opening of the project and like a lot of artists like stopped focusing on that right so it's like yeah like I, I give meek the credit so i give meek the credit but it's like he didn't first do it like it was something like from uh, energy that we had back you know in the late 90s early 2000s and then it got they got refined and what Roddy did was he was able to kind of like bring that energy and like kind of like one up it. Like obviously nothing's better than James Langlands, but like he kind of like one up it as far as like that kind of like very cinematic feel on the yeah. project. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but also like this this album just has some really big singles. He had five singles on his album. You had um you had Big Stepper mm-hmm. as the first single actually that's my that's my favorite um, track on the album actually. yeah Big Stepper Start With Me was the second Tiptoe The Box was the fourth single yeah and then High Fashion with Ty Dolla Sign was the mm-hmm. fifth single so that was like that's huge and, and that's unheard of nowadays like, yeah. usually like when, you, when you're working a project you might get you might get two three three if you're lucky Mm-hmm. Three of you lucky. So the fact that he actually got five tries yeah. says that the label really believes him. And that's like a real thing nowadays for artists. So I really think that uh, what he was able to do, like, you know, have that have that belief from the label and everything like that. Like, he's that, that tells you the talent right there. Because usually when a label really believes you, they'll give you all the chances in the world. Mm-hmm. He got five chances, bro. Yeah, so well, like technically, because once the box came out, like it was out, it, he was out. Yeah, of he here, was out of here. He he was on um he was on LeBron show after yeah, that. Yeah, he was right. gone. Um, I think there's a lot to say about about Roddy though, and especially in this time frame. And like he was like the hook guy. Everybody mm-hmm. went to him around then. But what do you think is the ripple effect of like artists catching on so fast, or even artists coming out in like the um the streaming era where like like you got Ice Spice right now that's like people think it's a one-hit wonder. They kind of, like, write you off before you even get a solid chance, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, been happening since, like, the beginning, like, since the music and the radio began, right? I think what what a lot of artists, some artists don't expect to, like, blow up like this. So the only the only saving grace for Roddy is that, like, he actually, like, put in work. He put out two projects before this album came, mm-hmm. and he was around a lot of, like, artists in the West Coast. You know, on the West Coast, like, everybody, you know, gets a visit to Dr. Dre. Mm-hmm. They get to meet, they talk to Snoop. They, you know, like, so I think for Roddy, like, he was more prepared mm-hmm. than a lot of artists. So I think that's, like, what, why he was so lucky, and, like, he's been being talked about as being the next one up. Yeah. So he was actually a lot luckier. Somebody like Ice Spice... She like really is like fresh off the block, 
like not even like thinking like this was going to like happen for it's kind of what's happening to her is kind of like what happened with designer i can see that i, I like I, that. I, hope, I hope i hope her career still goes further but it's like you got like that that song was like panda was such a a, a big song that there was just like a bunch of remixes and everything like that and then like you know he put out that EP that had, like, a bunch of songs, and then Timmy Turner came out, and that was okay. Yeah. But, like, he couldn't capitalize on it. Like, it just I didn't think, go anywhere. He was just in the news a lot. Yeah. I think the problem with him was that, um, well, the problem with artists like that in general is that the song gets bigger than them. Yeah. And then they spend their career trying to catch up to the song. And it's supposed to be, like, the other way around, obviously. Like, you're supposed to be the one that's, like, mm-hmm. presenting the music. Because if you're always bigger than a song... Because people call her the Munch Girl. They don't even know yeah. her name yet. Some people yeah. don't know her name. I didn't know her name for a very long time. Yeah, some people don't know her name. I didn't get the Munch Girl. People was first. calling. Yeah, people was calling um designer Panda. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So like when you're bigger than the when the song is bigger than you, it's already a tough right, battle. Right, exactly. People were still calling Roddy. They weren't calling Roddy versus the Box guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, exactly. Lucky. He's very. Roddy lucky. had his name. Um, it just so happens he was attached to Nipsey. Nipsey yeah. was Nipsey. You mm-hmm. know, so. It kind of all just lined up, and he delivered on it. Yeah, so. Um, what about like this album? Um, what would you say are like your biggest moments on this album? Okay, and I'll tell you mine. You talking about the tracks or just period, just surrounding? Uh, it could be the tracks. All general. right. So the fact that the that that he was able to knock off Justin Bieber as number one, and remember oh, at yes. this time. Justin Bieber was literally going online telling his friend, his fans how to make him go number one, how to stream it. He was mm-hmm. like, yo, just play it, put it, the volume on low, and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. So, and just put the song on repeat. It was a very bizarre time. Yo, like, think about that, right? So, like, that's, like, what stood out to me uh, uh, a great deal. Mm-hmm. And then, like, um, I remember, uh, so, he went, on a, he went on an interview with The Breakfast Club. And he was talking about how excited he was about the project. And for some reason, he kept, like, saying, like, did you hear the transitions? Did you mm-hmm. hear the transitions to Charlemagne? Mm-hmm. And I was like, and, and I was like, why is he saying this? And I, and the first time I listened to the project, I didn't let a lot of the songs in. Like, I kind of was just trying to get to the next song so I can, like, give, like, see if I just even liked it. Mm-hmm. Which I did. Yo, the transitions on this album bleed into the next song so fucking well. Like, I'm like, yo, like, this is masterful. Yeah. Like, I, and, and you can tell, like, all right, they really worked on this album. They really took their time with this album, right? And then, um, also, my other uh, takeaway from this album is the fact that he he kind of created West Coast Trap. Explain, yeah, break that down. All right, so, West Coast Trap, like, basically, he is, he's... He brought he brought trap music to the West Coast, like because there's no artist that's doing it. So like trap music is kind of just like it's it's his own subgenre of hip hop now, right? So what he was able to do is like bring that melodic kind of flow, like how like a thugger or a gunner would do, right? But kind of like bring it out of the West Coast. There's no, it, I just don't, I don't know if it has another name for it. Like New York, we have drill music, mm-hmm. so like drill music is our iteration of Southern trap music, right? Okay. okay. So what I'm just saying is, is just that like. If you listen to, like, what Rod, like, Roddy's talking about the same things that, like, Thugger is talking about and, like, what these dudes in, in Brooklyn and the Bronx are talking about, right, on their drill music, right? Mm-hmm. Or in London, in the slums of London, and with their drill music, right? But what he's doing, he's talking about Compton. And it's, yeah. kind of, it's basically, like, he, you know what I'm saying? He's doing something that's been, been being done since N.W.A., 
But what I'm just saying is, it's just that like he's doing it with the, the the cadence and the flow and the subject matter. It falls under trap. It doesn't fall under gangster rap. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying like I take like that's what I take from it is like okay, he created a subgenre like and he and he's the kind of the first to do it from the West Coast. So do you think he created the subgenre or is he the face of it for the West Coast? The face of it for the West Coast. Okay. Like I mean not. I mean, who else is doing what? Who else is doing West Coast trap? Yeah, nobody's doing West Coast trap. Yeah, you're right. For, so for that's that standpoint, what, yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I'm not but saying the, like, but for the East Coast, it definitely already exists because you got. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm only talking about West Coast. Okay. I'm not. I'm not saying like. I'm just saying like in out west, mm-hmm. he he has that. He has that real estate. Well, I mean, but you also got you also got Larry. Larry has like a whole nother portion. You, you, you would say that Larry is West Coast trap. Yeah, he listens he to has, him way more than me, so I can't. Even, I'm not. Yeah, even he has like a whole you. different bag of like where he's called. Uh, he calls himself Trap Larry. Like he has a whole nother. Okay. Yeah, that was like early on in his career. Now, like to where he is now, he causes. You know, he embraces the whole organic and the pimping type shit. But like, yeah, Trap Larry yeah, is who, like. Yeah. Right, okay, so yeah, when I was listening, I, I gathered like you know he was okay. Mm-hmm. But but um, Roddy to this level. Yeah, I can't think of anybody offhand right now that did it to, you know, Larry's still independent, you know, he doesn't have as many eyes on him as Roddy, so to this level, it'll probably be Roddy. Okay. Um, I think some of my biggest moments on this album are with just Roddy, even though he has amazing features on his album. The biggest songs on here for me, the ones that stand out is him by himself. Like he got uh, Prayers to the Trap God. Uh, back well, no, backseat is with Ty Dollar, but High Fashion was another big one, which yes. was produced by Mustard, and then you know, obviously the box. But then there's like songs like um, Big Stepper. Big Stepper is amazing. That was like the lead off for this album, and which I thought was a really big deal because him coming out with an album, being a new artist and having these features on here, kicking off the album with being the sole person that's you know about to be out there like for your first single is a right. pretty big deal that's a pretty big risk in my opinion for a new artist especially when you can have the cheat code of having a meat mill or a dirk on your album but then he got he got gunna on here and it's not till i heard gunna him, him on this song with gunna that i put together what you were talking about where yeah his similarities with other yo uh on perfect time mm-hmm. it's like i because all right so you listen to start with me right you listen to that and you hear him and Gunner, right? Mm-hmm. And then it goes straight into Perfect Time. You think that Young Thug is the next person on, like, up, like, rapping with you. I'm like, is this Thugger? And I'm like, oh, shit, no, it's Roddy. Mm-hmm. But it just sounds that way. And it's not, like, even, like, a, a slight to um to Roddy. Like, it's just, like, he just has a cadence. Because I think Roddy, like I said, I think he, he actually can hold a note. Yeah. No, I think he can, too. Yeah, that boy grew up in the church. And I think um he has he has some similarities with A Boogie, too. Yes, he does. Him and, him and A Boogie have a lot of similarities, like with the with the notes, with the with the arrangements, the hooks. Mm-hmm. They're very very similar. Like a, a lot of that is on this album, though. Like yeah. he's and then even with Dirk, because Dirk yeah. really taps into his melody back too, especially yeah. nowadays. I agree. Yeah, um, I think for so with the internet and with new artists like this, and I keep bringing this up because I thought about Lotto. And like and how Lotto was saying how you know when she gets put down on the internet, it really affects her. And I was thinking about it because I think I was listening to 
episode of Joe Budden podcast where she was on it. And they were like, oh, yeah, like, you're mad young, you know. Um, this is all you know. Like, you need internet acceptance. And I think for Roddy, it's the same thing. Because he put up a snippet of a new song, and everybody said how whack it was. And he deleted <laughs> I, it. You remember that? I remember that. He deleted it, and then he was like, he was like, all right, fuck it. Like, you know, y'all not fucking with me or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, damn, like, I would never see an artist from the era that we grew up in doing that. But also because I don't think a lot of the artists we grew up with rely on the internet. Yeah, it's a thing like where they really take it personal and like shit. Look at Cardi B. You can't say nothing about Cardi B and she don't respond mm-hmm. on the sidewalk. Yeah, but then also, does that make you look at? How does that make you look at Wale? How does that? Because because Wale think, is not Wale is kind of like on both ends where he's like he's our era, but he also bleeds into this era because. But it's also just because of how he handles shit. I think it started off with publications, especially Complex, not acknowledging him because I think he felt like they favored Cuddy t- instead of him. Mm-hmm. And then I think with, it started happening with the fans because, you know, while it isn't to him, like, you know, he's just a regular dude. And I think he just started responding to fans. Like, remember when, uh, damn, who passed away? When Yams passed away and Retchy P was like, y'all, it should have been Wale. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But at that time, like... Unless, like, you're really in the know, like, I don't think Wale knew who Richie P was. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, he responded to that. And, like, Richie P is a wild boy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, it, it's just one of those things. Like, fans started, like, piling on. And so, like, fans was like, look, see, even Rush thinks this nigga shit. He's his fellow artist mm-hmm. and thinks that this nigga should not be on the face of the planet. So then they just kind of put the battery in fans' backs. But I just think that, like, because of a lot of things that, like, Wale does is so fan-driven. Like, he's a huge fan of wrestling. He's huge in sneaker culture. Mm-hmm. So, it all, like, incorporates the internet and him interacting with other people going in chat rooms and shit like that. Yeah. So, he winds up, like, responding to people. And then, also, he's extremely socially awkward. Yeah. So, then he has interactions in person. And it kind of just, just, just fucks shit up for him. So, I just think it's, like, a, a, com- a combo of different things that just be happening to Wale where he's just, like, fucking the Larry David of hip-hop. Yeah, I, I could see that too. But I, I, it's just, it's just such an interesting thing to me. Um, but now, so even coming back to this album, what are some moments on this album that you think um, don't work for you? Uh, well, the thing that doesn't work for me is that the album is sixteen tracks, right? Mm-hmm. So it gets to a point where um, uh, Peter doesn't work for me. I had a feeling you would say that. Peter didn't work for me, and it's actually not because of the first thing. It's because, like, that, that verse from Meek that got leaked where he uh, made the Kobe reference and, like, you know, and you know, uh, Vanessa came out and spoke about it. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was whack because, like, Meek is from Philly. So, yeah. like, he understands how much, like, Kobe meant to the city. And it's just like, yo, like, you really going to, like, like, that's literally the, the, the definition of chasing clout. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, cool. Like, you going to put a Kobe bar out there. Like, yo, it was, like, he died horrifically, bro. Yeah. Like, come on, man. You know, um, so, like, that's, like, one song that, like, I was just like, ah, you know. And then, um, like, I like basically, like, after we got after, so after track 12, after backseat, right, mm-hmm. Road Dice, Prayers to the Trap God, Tiptoe, so. and then War Body, War, War Baby, right? Mm-hmm. Those four songs, like, all kind of, like, they're all kind of, like, different iterations of the same song. Yeah, and that's kind of that's kind of what happens too when your album is sequenced so well. 
Um, and the songs bleed into each other the way that they do. So yeah, you kind of risk shit sounding similar than, than yeah. the track before. Like it was, it's um, like it. I like it, but I'm just like, damn, like these, these, these like he he could have went a different route or just like ended it with with War Baby. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like I get like I get the I get the point of War Baby in this, and he's getting in his storytelling bag, but it's like they all four are kind of just like different versions of the same song. Mm-hmm. And I like, and I really like when he gets into his storytelling bag because yeah. that, I mean, that takes me back to the intro or even, um, what's the other joint? Is it God's Eyes? I think it's God's Eyes. But like, I like his storytelling bag, but all, but I'm kind of just, there's certain artists where they get in certain pockets and in my mind, I just keep them there. So yeah. like, when I hear a track like The Box, every time I see Roddy's name now, and maybe this is why people look at him the way that they do or give him a hard time. But every time I see Roddy's name, I want a song, not that it's as big, but content-wise, I want it to, like, relate. Damn. In some way. Really? It kind of, yeah. Shit. So it's like, I kind of think about them. Every, every time is, you know, I use that loosely. But I want something that's like, I'm looking for a bounce. I'm not looking for, like, something that, I'm not looking for that much intricacy. I ain't gonna lie. I want some super hard, no pause, pause. <laughs> I want like some real street hardcore shit from Roddy, like just for the simple fact that I know that he can talk that shit because that's where he's from. Mm-hmm. That's what I want from Roddy yeah. right now. If you ever listen listen to one of his mixtapes, like he kind of like gives you that, and it's like he still can use the melodic shit, and I get it. Like he's probably like you know he's becoming like he's a major artist, but it's just like sometimes like you want that street shit. I think another thing too that's uh, that's cool about certain artists is that. Um, you can kind of always pair them to where they're from. A lot of people don't even know that he's from Compton. No, at all. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So, like, I think that's something that he could probably play up a little bit more. I would um, love, I would love like, an album that's a homage to Compton or something yeah. that's talking about and, where he's from. And granted, that's been already done. That's been done a lot, you know. But he doesn't necessarily have to play up where he's from. But when you listen to his music, you don't really know. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, he you doesn't don't. like it, like at, like those. The funny thing is, is that like uh, War Baby does kind of like touch on that. Yeah, and so does and and um roll roll, yeah, dice. roll dice. Yeah, yeah. Roll dice is kind of like uh kind of gives me like when I'm listening to it, I kind of see him as like a like a mafia boss or something like that. Like kind of like telling a story like overseeing Compton, mm-hmm. and I was just like, hmm. Like, like I said, like, I enjoyed the fuck out of this album, and I enjoyed, like, what he was doing, and I understood what he was doing yeah. for the project. So, it's just, like, one of those things that's pretty interesting to me. Like, I just want to, I, I want to know more about the, the lead up to his, him blowing up, because it's kind of reminiscent to me of, like, um, what they were doing with YF and Lucci in Atlanta. He just never, like, crossed over big in, like, other regions outside the South, mm-hmm. but, like, where, like, he's, like, this melodic dude, right? And, like, he kind of, like, tells, like, hood stories. But, like, he's not, he's, um, he's not, like, he's not, he's just, he's not giving you bars, but, like, everybody fucks with him, right? Yeah. So, like, that's what, like, Lucy was doing. He just interviews Roddy's, like, level of success. And, like, where Roddy is, like I said, it's like, he's, like, a fucking anomaly. Mm-hmm. Like, it's usually if an artist is from, like, L.A., Compton, like, that's all you know about. Them. Yeah. You know what hood they from. You know what, what gang set they claim. I want to know, like, why... When Roddy got his deal, did the label decide that they weren't going to lean into that? Maybe just to try, like, a different approach. Because they want him to be... Maybe it'll even 
make his appeal that much bigger. I just want, I just, I really want to know. I want to know, like, when they were in there, like, doing the think tank, because you got to think, like, Roddy's, like, a handsome dude. Um, you know, he's, like, into fashion and stuff like that. I just want to know why. Yeah. Like, it's just very interesting to me. Like, like think about all the West Coast artists that we know that are in, like, and they're, and they're active gang, well, not active gang, but they're affiliated gang members mm-hmm. that we don't know what, what set they claim. Where they're from, yeah. All of that shit. Yeah. Like, with Roddy, you gotta, like, know, you gotta be in the know to, like, know, like, oh, okay, yeah, he's a gang member, mm-hmm. so Compton, this and that, like, you don't do that it's shit. It's really like, not a, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's really not a highlight about him. No. Um, But I, I really, it really does make me think, like, I wonder if, I mean, because I'm pretty sure it is intentional. It gotta be intentional, especially for him being a new artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't do that many interviews. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. Yeah, he doesn't really do that. He many does. Interviews. He does. He does the run, but I, I, I wonder does he just not fuck with it? Mm-hmm. Like he just don't like doing them. You know. I mean, when your when your shit is called, please excuse me for being antisocial. Yeah, you know, kind of get a pass. Yeah, yeah. Niggas is not really gonna try to sit down with you because it might be awkward. That's true. Um, but I overall, I really do enjoy this album. Um, I think. Everybody that contributes to it brings something to it very fresh. Absolutely. Todd Dolla Sign is, you know, how we feel about Todd Dolla Sign. Yeah, that man, he's, just, he's, he's one of the top five hook makers in, in hip-hop. Yeah, he is currently. Um, and I think, and I think um, you know how we feel about Gunna? Yeah. I, shit, hopefully he's free soon. I think Gunna is going to be free soon. Yeah, man, Kim Kardashian is on the job. Is Kim really on the job? She's really on oh, the job. Oh, she tweeted it. Yeah. She tweeted I'm it. Not, yeah, I, ain't, I, ain't pull out, I ain't pull out her thing there. I'm yeah, telling you. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to, he's going to be free. That's what that means. Yeah. She didn't tweet free Thugger. So I don't uh, know. Oh, yes. No, well, I mean, Thugger got the, he got yeah, violence on, it, on his jacket. Oh, wait. Yeah, man. I think Gunna is just, you know, he know the wrong, he just got caught up with the wrong niggas. It's one of those. He's fine. He don't have any kind of is the wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, well, who, Gunna? No, oh, no, Gunna, about, oh, I thought you said Thugger. I'm about to yeah, say, no, I'm about not, to say, like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not saying shit about Thugger. <laughs> I'm talking about Gunna. But, um, I think overall, this album, I'm very happy with, and it's, it, it, and I hope it's any indication that there's any indication that, um, Roddy is going to keep having chances at making good music. I think he just needs to be given a chance and also needs to stop tuning into the internet the way that he does. He's, He's so fucking young, so that's going to be impossible. He's not even 25 years old. I think he's going to have another shot to really knock it out the park. I think he came out with an EP shortly after this that was pretty good, but nobody said anything. Like, nobody said shit. They just left it the alone. Label, label, I think the label kind of like used up all their magic on it. And I'm mm-hmm. telling you, he got to come out. I'm telling you right now. I, he gotta just... I bet you money the next project he's going to he's gonna kind of like lean into his L.A. roots more. Yeah, okay, I can see that. He's going to kind of... Um, it's funny, too, though, because you see how on the opposite end, you know, I know he's white, but Jack Harlow, Jack Harlow is from... He's synonymous with where he's from, but then his album got mad hate, but he just worked through it, and yeah. now he kind of, like, won the people back over it. Like, he did everything right. Yo, bro, he's starring in White Man Can't Jump. Mm-hmm. Like, that's going to be, like, a big deal. He, like... He's he's fine, and it's yeah. funny because Quavo is in it too, and Quavo and like Quavo's not the driving force behind it though. Mm-hmm. And DJ Drama is scoring the soundtrack, so now I love this because now we're getting back to um, hip hop scoring the soundtracks for projects. Yeah, so I'm actually really excited about that. But yeah, like him, like you got to think about G, like uh, Jack Harlow, uh, e, um, 
Is it ESTG? That's from that's from Kentucky as well. I believe so. Yeah. Is it right? ESTG? Yeah. Right. I think so. Right. So it's ESTG. They're both from okay. Kentucky, right? And they like are pretty much like these like monster artists right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's, He's from, from Kentucky, Kentucky, right? Like they're these monster artists and they're repping like their cities and where they're from. I and, and only other assumption I got is that like it's oversaturated and it didn't make sense to just announce that like yeah where he's from yeah I get it if he was from somewhere obscure it probably made more sense I think people that are somewhere from somewhere obscure it usually works out a lot better like when Nelly came out mm-hmm. and he said St Louis and it was like who's from St Louis yeah. like what the fuck I got a question for you do you think do you think that every city has like a superstar and it's just that the uh, they just haven't been like discovered yet absolutely. So you think like in Wyoming, like there's like some like niggas there's like somebody like, just waiting, make, just making music, <laughs> got some heat, and we just we just ain't get them to come 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 out yet. I think it's fair to say every city has that that okay. hero, that hometown hero. Yeah. Okay. Because okay. even I mean, like Detroit, like Eminem wasn't necessarily a hometown hero. It was just like, yo, yeah, that nigga's nice, and we've been. That is him. interesting as fuck to say. Yeah. As see reps your city. Yeah, but he wasn't like. I wouldn't say he's a hometown hero only because, like, you know, he's white. It's like his success was just so fucking prevalent, right? But, like, you got somebody like Blade Icewood who was like, yo, that's that's our guy, you know? Or Big Sean. Big Sean that, like, does stuff really? in the city. Yeah. I get, but see, all right. So this is my pushback, and this is and this is and this is my ignorance because I'm not from the city. I don't know shit about Detroit besides what you tell me, right? Mm-hmm. You and your cousin are like that's my connections, right? But like, I feel like Eminem gives back to the to the the city of Detroit a lot, and I feel like you know what I'm saying him basically bringing on his friends from the city, making sure they was put in position. And making sure that like proof was set up well, right? Mm-hmm. He made sure that Worship Five Nine was set up well. He made sure that Trick Trick, you know what I'm saying, got on like a, a song with him and that was set up well. Like he makes sure that like he kinda like gives like artists from that city a a, a platform. Yeah. In a sense. Like he, he he'll give you a shot. Like a like a lot of the artists that he first signed to Shady were mm-hmm. from Detroit. Obi Trice is from Detroit, right? Mm-hmm. So like why wouldn't M get the hometown hero label? If like if, well, if all I guess of these things that he does, StockX is based out of Detroit because mm-hmm. of him. So I guess like the way that I'm looking at it, because he white, it's crazy. The way that I'm looking at it, it, that that plays into it. But I say that like very like backhandedly, right? I, so the reason why I'm saying I don't consider it for Eminem is because like he wasn't from the city, the city, and then also like he's not. So he's Big Sean home. does. Well, no, no, no. Big Sean does <laughs> things for the city. Like, okay. he actually has Big Sean Day or 313 Day in the city every year. He has, like, a turkey thing. He's building the, he's building the first movie theater in the city. Detroit doesn't have a movie theater. He's building a movie theater. He put a studio in his high school, a music studio for students. Like So I'm saying, like, shit like that where, like, it's super inclusive and not just thinking about his friend groups. Because that's what it is for with, with Eminem. Like, you know, with Proof, granted, that was huge. Proof was already big in, um, in Detroit. And him looking out for him was a huge deal. But from the Big Sean perspective, I think what he's doing is really big because not only does he do all those things that uh, that you say Eminem does with, like, putting all his friend groups on and giving them good looks or even hopping on new songs with, uh, with new Detroit artists, mm-hmm. but reaching back and doing those things for, like, not only the high school or, like, 
the city in general and having specific days to give back is a huge deal. I'm going to look into this, Rex. Because I feel like Eminem does a lot for this city. I, I mean, hey. And, and does and does Behind the back. scenes? I don't I'm know. Going, you know I'm going to do some research. Yeah. I don't yeah, have the answers right now. So, Reg, so Reg, I invited. So, I, so Reg gets it this time. But I, when we come back, I promise you I'm going to find out. I invited, bro. Fuck around, find out. <laughs> yeah. But um, I don't even know how we got into that subject. But <laughs> I would say um, to the internet kids, uh, I think Roddy is worth giving a chance. I think he's going to... I think. With his next project, he's probably feeling the pressure a little bit. And um, my advice to him, if you ever see this, is to just lock in and just tune him out and just stay inspired. Fuck him. Fuck him. And what's your rating for this album? Um, I give this album a four out of five waffles. It's a great listen. The production is great. Um, the the engineer, whoever engineered this project, did an amazing job. Um, he had... It was, okay, so this is what I'll say. Um, the lyricism is good, mm-hmm. right? The production is good. The album direction is good. Um, I'll say that, like, at, at my my bad part of the album is that, like, he has a couple songs that kind of sound alike, but they're good. Like, there's nothing, I don't, there's not skips on the project. It's just that if you get tired of hearing him kind of, like, repeat himself in a different way, you kind of might get bored with the album. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, but it's but the album like flows so well it's a straight listen to and you kind of don't realize it so that's why I say four out of five waffles um it's just like a solid project and I think it I think it will be like a, a timestamp project that people will go back to yeah I think so too and um I think I'd actually agree I'd give it a four as well I think a lot of the highlights on this album are like I said before, the songs that don't even have a feature, and then the features you turn around and just it just adds to it. Um, yeah, I'm comfortable with the four. All right, so we're gonna say um, we're gonna close it out with that. I'm First Class Reg. I'm Tori and V. We out of here, y'all. Catch you guys next time. These are their stories. Dun, dun.